Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 106, Seven Best Christmas Books for Children. I'm excited today to talk about some really special Christmas stories and books that you might use in your classroom to really get the kids excited and to have them thinking deeper about the story and about the content that they are listening to. I love this time of year and there's some really special books out there. I hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey, so we are getting closer. We are definitely on the count down to Christmas. And if you tuned in last week, last week's episode was all about the countdown to Christmas. And I talked about lots of different things that you can use in your classroom to get you through the next couple of weeks. So if you're still scrambling for ideas, then check out episode 105, Countdown to Christmas, and it'll give you a bunch of different ideas, as well as I also linked to a reindeer matter. Um, it's it's like a, an investigation, a science experiment about matter using a reindeer Christmas theme. So if you want to grab that, then check that out in episode 105. I'll link to it in the show notes. And I also gave away my Makerspace job posters. So if you are wanting those and you are thinking about creating a Makerspace and you're thinking, I want to make sure that it stays organized and I want to make sure that, that kids know what they're doing and what is expected and so I can have a, just a little bit of structure in that area so it doesn't make you want to scream because it's such a special, amazing place. You want to make sure that kids are having some ownership as well. So if you are interested in those posters, I will link to them in the show notes here as well. You can also find them at trinadeberryteachingandlearning.com forward slash makerspace jobs, all one word, and you can grab them, download them and grab them and put them, put them to use. All right, so let's talk about Christmas books for, for the year because you only have like a, maybe a week and a, and two days, a week and two days left until it is winter vacation for most of us. And that is such exciting news. Or at least I know that's how long I'm going. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what everyone, every school district is doing. It kind of makes sense that people would be, would end on the 18th of December. And this episode will come out on the 10th. But you know, you, you never know. Sometimes we go all the way up to like Christmas Eve day, which oh, I can't even imagine. So in fact, I'm happy that Christmas is, you know, towards the weekend this year. So we have a little bit of time in advance, although I don't need it. Like I'm totally ready. I've been ready. I started decorating for Christmas on Thanksgiving. I took every, like I was, I had plans in the afternoon, but I didn't have plans in the morning. So I watched the parade and I did some work and then I'm like, I am going to undecorate for Thanksgiving and, and like start putting up Christmas stuff. So when I get home from my Thanksgiving dinner, I will 
will feel like, okay, it's time for Christmas. And I did that. My son was not very happy. He came downstairs and he's like, mom, you know, it wasn't even Thanksgiving wasn't even over yet. But, um, but that he was all right. He, he, he got over it. And then he was excited that, you know, we decorated for Christmas and my daughter and I, we got our tree and I love having her help. She's 20. This is her last year at home, living at home. So I will be facing that soon, which is really sad, but I'm happy for her. She is excited. She's got, you know, she's got her new job and she's ready to start life and she's in love and it's just, it's good. It's all good. So she is going to be moving in February. And so I'm like, how am I going to get the Christmas tree from Home Depot? How am I going to get it home and up and decorated without you? So she's going to have to come home to help with that because I don't think I can do it without her. I don't want to do it without her. I, I probably can do it without her. I just don't want to do it without her. Anyway, all right, let's get to some Christmas books that we can use in our classroom for the last week of school. And some of these books, I have an activity that goes with them that you may download from TPT. And you can check that out at Trina Debery Teaching and Learning on TPT. And I also have... Um, and then some of them I don't. Some of them I just think are really great Christmas stories and anything could work. Like maybe you want to focus on a visualization. You want them to create, like take in a, like one of the illustrations in the book or take a part of the story in the book and like create a mental image in their mind and then recreate it on paper and talk about like why they chose that part of the book, like how that part might have um, like really impacted the story or like what was their specific reason? Like they have to be able to justify it or you have to be able to tell because of all the details that they've used um, what part this is and I, I really I think that's a, a an important standard to cover and sometimes we kind of skip over illustrations um, helping make meaning of the text but it really can be very powerful for kids especially kids that really think like visually and they think in images and it helps them to better talk about parts of the story that are really, you know, special or unique or meaningful to the to the story. So that's one activity that you can always easily do. Another one that's pretty simple to do with pretty much any text is to do a beginning, middle, and end. Um, do a you know retelling, recounting of the story, and it's you know I've seen where, and I think this is really cute, and you can do it with like um, like that white, not butcher paper. What do I want to say, butcher paper? Um, that white like thicker card or not cardboard um construction paper goodness gracious I couldn't get the words out construction paper and then you like you fold it in half where you're folding it like long ways in half and then you cut one two three you know three little like three slits so that it's almost like a flat book so you can lift the first flap up and you talk about what happened in the beginning and then you can lift the next one up and talk about what happened um in the like more of the beginning middle part like the like going towards the middle and then the next one can be another part that's of the meaty middle I like to give the middle a little more than like two, one flap I like to give it two flaps because what I I notice kids doing this a lot and I noticed this at my school when I was looking at work on the walls when I was going to read to second grade classes and kindergarten classes this past week I looked and I noticed that kids were like, they'd start off really strong with a really good beginning. They have the, the beginning down pat and then they would move on to the middle, but they would be so far at the beginning that they wouldn't really ever get 
to the end. Like they'd start to tell a little bit of the middle, but they wouldn't tell like the real important part of it. So I think kids really need to practice this, this, this skill because they have a difficult time actually giving you like the meat of the story, which is the middle. That's why I like to give it a little bit more than, um, you know, one flap. And I also have done a hand plan in the past too, which I've had them like talk it out first, like with their thumb being the first part of the story and then their pointer finger being like what happens next. And so their pointer finger and then their middle finger and then their ring finger, all three of those fingers are really the middle. So they have a lot of space to talk about the middle and then the pinky being the end and they kind of talk at it out through their fingers with a partner that helps them to like think about it out loud and then I've had them also draw a little a little sketch not a not a visualization a sketch because a sketch is quick and easy of all five of the parts and then they're better able to write about it now that they've done like two activities that kind of hit on a different way of thinking about it so that's just an idea so you can try that you could also do a little flip book I just said and those are just some standards you can cover with these stories that are easy, that you don't have to have any materials that are totally free. So something to think about. But I again, I do have some materials that will go with some of the stories and I will link to those in the show notes. So the first book I want to talk about is a book that I actually read to the second graders. And I used to read this to my second graders when I taught second grade. And it's called The Gift of the Magi, written by O. Henry. Now, there, this is a really complicated text. And if you get the one that I'm going to link to in the show notes, it is, it's, a, it's got extremely advanced vocabulary. Even some words that I'm like, I don't even know what this word means. And you have to do a lot of going back and rereading and thinking and explaining. I did, I really, I noticed in the first second grade class that I read, this story too. I was very theatrical on top of it. So I I had their attention in that way. But I had to go back and I had to stop and I'd explain a lot of things. And I wanted them to look at language. It's really strong for looking at like text structure and language and vocabulary. And that was really powerful. And also they had to do a lot of visualization as well, because it was very limited in pictures. And so they were like, they were captivated. And I really, I don't think everyone like saw what was coming and in the gift of the magi it is a it is a beautiful story about a couple that are struggling and they they are they're struggling financially i think it's it's written during like the great depression or it's supposed to be that time but also it you know, I, I don't know for sure, but they're the clothes are very dated. And they're having a really hard time financially. And they're they have like a very favorite, two favorite things that they have. And one of them, the, the main character, her name is Della, she has a has beautiful hair that she absolutely like loves and likes to show off and, you know, likes for people to see that she's got really pretty hair and she just loves her hair. And then the other main character, Jim, her husband, he has a pocket watch that's been passed down from generation to generation. And they just don't have any idea how they're going to give each other a Christmas present during this very difficult time. And so I'm not going to give away the story, but it's really, it's a really good story. You probably have already guessed, but the kids, they have a harder time guessing in the beginning, especially with the way that this one is written. Now I have found a version online that I just Googled the gift of the Magi. And I have found a simpler version where it actually writes it out more in like more traditional language that we speak currently. And so I think that that can could be helpful if you were going to read it to younger kids. 
because I did notice on the second the second second grade class that I read it to, they really struggled. Now they they I think have a harder time as a whole, like comprehending deep text, and and so that it's it's actually like a red flag. Like okay, there's there's got to be some more more read aloud, more thinking aloud, more of those kind of things going on because they're they're struggling with that part of it, and it was harder to read to them. I don't know if it was because it was my second reading in the day, and I just read the story, and I was like, actually, it was my third reading because I did it for our e learners as well. I don't know if it was because of that or because it really that class typically does have a more difficult time with these, these deep, this deeper kind of thinking. Either way, you know, I think there may be a question of, is it too complex for second grade? And possibly, but I, I didn't find that when I had my second graders, like I, we, they were so used to that kind of thinking that I kept them captivated the whole time. And we had such a great discussion about selflessly giving in the end, that it was worth it. So something to think about. I love it. It's a very special story. And I will link to it in the show notes. It's really, it's beautiful. You also could do a really powerful connection of um, point of view. You could do it as a, from the point of view of Della. You could also do it then as the, you know, the perspective or the point of view of Jim. And I think that would be really interesting to compare and contrast their perspectives in the story. So that could be something that you could do an activity you could do with that book. That just screams perse- or point of view, I almost said perseverance, screams perspective to me when I look at that story. All right. Um, another favorite of mine at Christmas time is Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus by Chris Plale. I think this book is it's timeless. It's a timeless book. It's heartwar- It's a heartwarming tale that will keep the magic of Christmas alive for years to come. Like it's, it's so, it's such a, a, a really good story about believing in Santa Claus and, and like when little minds are, are questioning if there is a Santa Claus, this book provides the perfect answers. It's based on the real life story of an eight-year-old vir- girl named Virginia O'Hanlon, who in 1897 had her own doubts about old St. Nick. Her father encouraged her to write to the New York Sun, telling her, if you're in the sun, it's so. So she wrote a paper asking if there's indeed a Santa Claus. And the book reveals the editor's sweet response, which contains the famous words, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. His message confirmed for Virginia and millions of others who have read it since that Santa and other wonders unseen and unseeable in the world are real. It's got the actual copy of what the editor, the original editor did write back to Virginia. So I think that's really cool. My kids love that. There's also a movie and and my brother actually helped produce it. That's with the same title. Yes, Virginia, there's Santa Claus and it is adorable as well. I think the movie is so cute. And, And so I would do the movie and the book and then we would do a compare and contrast, which was, you know, which was really cool because there are um, in this case, the book was written after the movie, so it was kind of written towards the movie in this version, because there is an older version as well, but I'm linking to the newer version in the show notes. And But I do think that it's still like it's still a powerful thing to do so that they, so you can kind of have like a, a deeper level conversation about the, the movie and the book. All right, so that's book number two. Book number three is another one that I like to do. It's called Christmas Trolls by Jan Brett. And Christmas is Trevor's favorite time of the year. But this year, decorations and presents are mysteriously disappearing. 
When Treva follows a small creature making off with a Christmas pudding, she discovers two irresistible trolls who want to have Christmas, but don't understand it. And it's got Jan Brett's beautiful, trademarked, luminous paintings, and it gives readers a magical Christmas full of surprises. And I think it's a really fun book to do. I like to do the, the troll voices too. That's one of my favorite parts about it. But it, And this would be another really good one to do, point of view, because you could have the kids looking at Trevor's point of view, which is the main character, and you can also have them look at the story from the troll's point of view. So I think that would be really good. It's another good one for retelling. It could very easily go do a beginning, middle, and end. It's, pr- it's like pretty straightforward in that way. So that would really would really work as well. Also characters overcoming obstacles, that would be another standard that it could hit. This could hit a lot of different standards. And there are some words in there that you could, you could play around with as far as vocabulary words go with go. So anyway, that's an idea. Oh, and another thing that I like to do is I like to compare and contrast it to trouble with trolls, which is also Treva dealing with these pesty trolls. And so you've got some things that are the same as being like the characters, similar characters. And then you also have some things that are different in the story. And so it's a, it's a good one to compare and contrast. It could be one that you do like at the end of next week. And then you have um, Christmas or trouble with trolls, which is not Christmas related. It's winter. You could do that in January, January when you came back. So that could be a fun thing to do as well. And then, then it would give you an activity for that first week back in January when we're feeling like, oh man, do we have to be here yet? (laughs) So that is book number three. Let's move on to book number four. Are You Grumpy Santa by Greg Spurdellis. It is such a cute story. Um, it, I had the most fun reading it to kindergarten this week. And actually, I missed a kindergarten class because I fell down the stairs this week. It was really crazy. So when this episode comes out, it'll have been a, like a week that I fell down the stairs. And I really like hurt my back. So I ended up taking off and... I'm like, all right, well, while I'm laying around, I'll do my podcast episode. And so anyway, I missed all my kindergartners, but I'm, I'll go back because I have, to, I have to read Are You Grumpy Santa? Just a really cute story about, <laughs> about a very grumpy Santa. And it's, I do have a makerspace activity to go with this because I have the kids like work through some, some close reading standards. And this could be told from, from Santa's, we could do a point of view again, so told by Santa, from Santa's perspective. And you could also do it as far as like, the kids that they don't really talk about, but I think would be interesting to to think about what what kids would say as their perspective, as as the inferred characters in the story. Also, beginning, middle, and end would be really good for this one. And characters overcoming obstacles would be also work as well. But it's just a cute, it's it's cute. So because it, it says sometimes even the merriest, most cheerful guy on the planet wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, particularly on that fateful Christmas Eve. First off, Santa steps out of bed and stubs his toe in a bowling ball. Then the elves shrink his Santa suit. Mrs. Claus puts him on a diet and his reindeer nearly crash into the North Pole. When Santa finally reaches the first house on his list, his bowl full of jelly gets him stuck in the chimney things turn bad from worked from bad to worse when he's chased by a parisian poodle and slips on a rigatoni noodle santa is ready to throw in the towel when at his very last house he is reminded of what christmas is really about the gift of love 
This merry, merrily irrelevant picture book brought the brought to life by Greg and Evans Perellas will tickle funny bones and touch hearts for far and wide. And I think it's true because it is very cute. The kids really enjoyed it and they thought it was really fun. So that would be something that you could also do. And I again, I have a makerspace activity to go with that. I'll link to it in the show notes. I do have a makerspace activity for um, Christmas trolls as well. And a close reading activity. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So that brings us to I think we are on book number five, I think. I feel like I skipped something. Oh, I did. Okay, yeah, book number five. So book number five, The Polar Express, that's always a oldie but a goodie by Chris Van Alsberg. I have a close reading unit to go with this. I'll link to that in the show notes. But this is this is a beautiful book. Children and adults alike will enjoy this classic book. Pure magic fills the pages of the Polar Express as it beautifully captures every child's dreams of meeting Santa Claus, tells the tale of one boy who is whisked away by Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. And it is it's just it's a Caldecott book award winning book, an award winning book, and it is has beautiful pictures and a really beautiful message. And there's a movie, as you might know. And you can do a compare and contrast with that as well, which is really um, powerful because there's a lot of differences um, in the movie and the book. So I think that's interesting, especially the one that's with Tom Hanks. So that's something to consider. It's a it's a good one. And it's got beautiful pictures. And I love Chris Van Osberg. He always writes like those very unique stories. Then we've got crit, or, um, book number six, The Little Match Girl by Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, I love this book. I think this book is so beautiful. This is a classic holiday story from Hans Christian Andersen that I remember reading as a child. So I wanted to share it with my own children. Fair warning, you will probably cry. You will probably cry a lot because there are, it is sad. It's a really, it's a sad, sad story. And it's, but it is really beautiful. And it's always, you know, makes us reflect on our blessings and think about all the ways in which we should be grateful and and what we can do to help others who may be struggling during this holiday season. So it's not all the the lights and beauty and you know it's not all the good happy Santa Claus things this is this is definitely one of those kind of books that touches your heart for sure so that is one to consider I think that beginning middle and end would work for sure on this I definitely think that you could do point of view again I don't know why I'm stuck on point of view but that's what keeps coming to my mind and I think you know telling the story from her point of view and then even telling this the story from a perspective of a stranger come walking by might be really interesting an interesting way of like looking closer or deeper into the text so that's a that's a beautiful one and then the last one book number seven which you know I am just shocked that every child hasn't heard this story it's twas the night before Christmas there's so many versions of this I happen to have linked to the one by Clement Moore but I because I couldn't find the one that I have on Amazon I I love the one that I have and because I think it has beautiful pictures in it. And I think that that's what makes it different than some of the other ones. You know, it really depends on the pictures because you're basically getting the exact same story as a poem originally written. And I don't even know who and I probably should know that. But um, but there's so many different versions of it. 
with all of the, you know, different little additions or things that they've changed just a, a bit to make it, you know, their own story or a story that they could retell. But it is so, uh, I love Twas the Night Before Christmas. And I read Twas the Night Before Thanksgiving to kindergartners um, at my school. And they, they, I asked them if they'd ever heard of Twas the Night Before Christmas because it's, you know, it's, it's supposed to be like a spinoff of that. And they didn't, they hadn't. So I am reading that one for sure. There is no way that I am going to let them go home for the holidays without hearing Twas the Night Before Christmas. That is a family tradition in my house. My children and I, we read that together every night and every Christmas Eve. And I have been reading it to them since they were little. I still do. Like they still, we still do that. We sit together and I read the story. And even I've even had my son say, I wish I was still little. Like that is something that like really impacts him. And that's those special kind of moments are, you know, that's what that's what life is all about. So I will hold on to that precious memory. I hope these books bring some joy and Christmas spirit to your classroom and to you for the holiday. And you find some things that you can do. I, I hope I mentioned, I did mention several things that you could do that you could totally do just for free that you could do with materials you already have in your classroom. And then I do have some things to go with some of the books as well. And I'll link to those in the show notes. And you can also check those out at my store, Trina Debrie Teaching and Learning on TBT. And then don't forget to grab your makerspace job posters at trinadebrieteachingandlearning.com forward slash makerspace jobs. You can grab those for free as well. And yeah, and then we can start talking about makerspace as the new year comes. So until next time, this one tired teacher is ready for a long winter's nap. Until next time, sweet dreams and sleep tight. 